Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.friendlychurch.com. That could not have been any better introduction to my sermon today than that song. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you, Tracy, for singing it. Open uh, your Bibles with me to the book, the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Yes, the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the second page of the Bible, chapter 1 of Genesis, beginning with verse 31. We're going to read Genesis 1, 31 to chapter 2, verse 2. We did this for the last three Sabbaths. We'll read Genesis 1:31 to 2, verse 2. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Welcome back to Middletown's summer series, Sabbath in 3D. Two weeks ago, we began this series by introducing the concept of rest. Yes, God created something on the seventh day, and that was rest. Rest is very important. Rest is Vitally important for human life. And last week, we looked at the Sabbath as the rhythm of life. And if you're joining us for the first time here or you're watching on YouTube for the first time, you can go back to the previous two worship services and watch the messages online to bring you up to speed. But see the that there is a problem in today's world because people talk about rest is important, people talk about Sabbath is important as a rhythm of life, but then they talk about a Sabbath, not the Sabbath. Today, Sabbath in 3D, a time like no other. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Father, I pray that you will be with me as I open your word It is your simple truth that you want to bring to us, and that is the truth about your holy day of Sabbath. And Lord, this is kind of the core of the messages of this series. So Lord, I pray for our hearts and minds to be receptive to your word. I surrender this message to you. And I surrender these hearts here to you. I implore your Holy Spirit to come 
and fill this message so that it will penetrate the soil of these people's hearts and everyone who hears here this message. So we pray, Lord, that it will find a fertile soil in our hearts and it will bring forth fruit of obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Creator spoke and the earth came into existence. And God brought light. He enveloped it in atmosphere. He brightened the earth with brooks and rivers and colored it with beautiful flowers and plants and filled it with an incredible variety of living things. You saw that in Barbara's presentation of children's story. Wow, that's the beauty of creation. And God looked upon his craftsmanship of creation and he said, it is good. And then came the crowning of creation. Turning to the Father, I can see the Creator saying in Genesis 1, 26, 27, Hey, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female, He created them, Moses tells us. The human race is God's masterpiece of creation, the object of His supreme love. And after the creation of Adam and Eve on sixth day, Genesis 2 verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. Only six days and the creation is done. The creation as we know it. From the skies, the stars that we see, to the very minutest microbes in the earth, everything was done in six days, such a short time. But for God, the account of creation was not over yet in the sixth day. And that's what I said about it. Even when you go to the creation museum, they start at the sixth day. Well, God was not done at the sixth day. Genesis 2 verse 1 says, or Genesis 2, 2, and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended His work, which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work, which He had done. God rested. Why? May I suggest He was pleased with His accomplishment of creation. Yes, He was. God looked and everything was very good, he said. Then God did something very significant. Listen to me. God then blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all his work which God had created and made. The seventh-day Sabbath, given at creation, was meant to be God's perpetual reminder of where we're coming from. What did God do when He rested on the Sabbath day? He called it a Sabbath. And here is how He did it. 
When you look at that passage that we read, Genesis 2, 2 and 3, this is what God did for the seventh day. Number one, God blessed it. The Bible says God blessed the seventh day. He made the seventh day an endless fountain of blessing and refreshing for mankind. And then two, God sanctified it. He sanctified the seventh day. He set it apart. He set it apart as a holy day, a special time every seven days to continually remind us of our beginnings. And three, God rested on it. The Bible does not say that God blessed the first day or the third day or the fifth day or any other day except the seventh. And what God blesses, according to 1 Chronicles 17, 27, He blesses forever. To bless means to infuse something with God's very presence, with God's very power. God blessed the seventh day by making it an eternal sign of His wonderful, powerful creation work and of a sign of His infinite love for us. He rested on the seventh day, not because He was tired, but because He knew we are going to get tired. God sanctified the seventh day. He set it apart for, seven, for, for holy use. The word sanctified is the word used by God when, when, when He refers to marriage ceremony. When one woman is to be set apart or sanctified to one man. Let's suppose this is a modern illustration to make it palatable for you to understand it. Let's suppose that my friend Tom gets married. The woman he marries has six sisters. And after the wedding ceremony, he's waiting in the car for, for his bride to join him. And as he's waiting in there, one of her sisters slips in behind, beside him and says, let's go. And he looks at her and says, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I did not marry you. I married your sister. And she looks at him and she says, does it make any difference? I'm one in seven. Question to you, does it make any difference? Well, for the couple, certainly it does. There was one who was sanctified to be set apart for him. All women are not the same. All days are not the same. The Bible says the, the, the Sabbath was created by God 2,300 years before the existence of the Jewish race. It was given to Adam and Eve at creation in the Garden of Eden. The Sabbath was set aside at creation as an eternal symbol, if you will, of God's creative power 
for his people in every age. When Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, the Sabbath still remained a reminder, a sign of, eternal, of God's eternal love. And throughout both the Old and the New Testament, the Sabbath is a sign between God and His people. See, before the Ten Commandments, before God gave His commandments to Israel, which we find them in what chapter of Exodus? Exodus 20. Before He gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, in Exodus 16, we find the story of the manna. How many know the story of the manna, that the people of Israel was fed with the manna? If you've never read it before, go and read it in Exodus chapter 16. That's where you find it. It's an in incredible story. Obviously, six million people in the wilderness, they ran out of food. They were running from the Egyptian slavery and they found themselves with no food, and God did something miraculous. In Exodus 16, verses 26, God speaks to Moses about the manna that was coming down on the, the ground for the people to gather it and to prepare it as food. Exodus 16, 26, he says, Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. And God worked a miracle for Israel. He met their needs by literally raining bread down from heaven. There are three miracles associated with the manna in the wilderness related to the Sabbath. Number one... It did not fall on the Sabbath. Number two, it fell in double amount on Fridays, so they had it for Sabbath. And number three, it didn't spoil on the Sabbath day. They didn't have refrigeration, and it did not spoil. It was in the heat of the wilderness. did not spoil. But the rest of the week, if you would gather more, it will spoil. So Sabbath and the manna are very good, in a good relationship here to understand the miracle of the Sabbath, how important it is for God and His people. So if the Israelites gather more they could eat, the leftover portion will be spoiled. When they gathered it twice as much on Friday, it was just as fresh on the Sabbath day. And when the Israelites went out to gather manna on the Sabbath, expecting to find some and they couldn't, God said, Exodus 16, 28, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Which implies they knew about the Sabbath. On Mount Sinai, God wrote, with His own finger on the table of stones, the Sabbath commandment. Notice, He didn't write these commandments in the sand to be washed away. Nor He wrote them on parchment or something on paper to, to burn or go away. He wrote them with His finger on tables of stone. It's the most reliable archaeological evidence along with the clay tablets. 
stone and clay stays forever. God wrote the law to endure forever. God didn't even entrust Moses to write it. God didn't even entrust one of the prophets to write it. Let me ask you something. If, it's, if in the Bible there is one set of laws written with God's own finger, written on tables of stone, can we turn our backs on the eternal law of God written with His own finger? I would not advise that. In Exodus 20, then a few pages over, we have, we have the Ten Commandments as they were written on the table, table of stone by the finger of God. In verse 8, or I should say from verse 8 to 11, we have the fourth commandment. And it says, it begins with this, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We can keep only holy only what God has made holy. See? We can keep holy only what God has made holy. Human beings can't make something holy. God made the Sabbath holy. He blessed it when? At creation. And he says, remember. Why did God say remember? He knew we would forget. Just like I presented in my first sermon. We are working nonstop. The entire world. No, nobody rests. We forgot the Sabbath. As a concept, we forgot the Sabbath as a spiritual rest. We forgot our society forgot it completely about Sabbath. That's why God said, remember the Sabbath. And by the way, that's why we're supposed to read God's Word, because you will not find a reminder of the Sabbath anywhere else but in God's Word. And He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. God is calling us back to His eternal sign of creation. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Notice, God doesn't say a seventh day is the Sabbath. He says the seventh day is the Sabbath. And just as the day before your birthday and after your birthday do not commemorate your literal birthday, the day you are born, the first, the third, the fifth, do not commemorate the birth of the earth by the Creator God. He tells us why we are to worship on the seventh day. Genesis 20, 11, he says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The fourth commandment links God's creative power to creation. It reminds us that we are created beings. It reminds us that we have a creator it reminds us that we have an omnipotent, almighty, all-knowing designer who designed everything in the universe, and we are created by Him. 
It was given to all humanity just as the commandment, thou shalt not kill. It wasn't. Did, did the commandment, thou shalt not kill, was directed only to the Jews? How about thou shalt not steal? Was it just for Jews? Now, the Sabbath is not exclusively a Jewish Sabbath. It was given to our first parents long before the existence of the Jewish nation. It is for all Old Testament and New Testament believers. Isaiah says, the Sabbath is made for man, all humanity, everywhere. Isaiah 56, verse 6 and 7. This is what Isaiah says. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, I will bring to my holy mountain. What's God's holy mountain? He refers to Jerusalem, to the new Jerusalem, a new heaven. The heaven. He says, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath, I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. And he goes on to say, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So what God is saying is all nations will one day worship around my throne in the new Jerusalem each Sabbath. Throughout the Old Testament, the Sabbath was given. It was God's everlasting sign for all his people. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 20, 20 verse 12. Ezekiel 12, uh, 20 verse 12 presents Sabbath. As a sign, moreover, I also gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. See? It's very interesting that God gives us the Sabbath and He blessed and sanctified the Sabbath when you Keep the seven-day Sabbath, says, I am the Lord who sanctifies. He sanctified the Sabbath. He will sanctify you through keeping the Sabbath. Wow. Only God can sanctify. The Sabbath is not only a sign that God created us. It's a sign that He can recreate our hearts. So when we come here to worship on Sabbath, we say to God, God, you are all-powerful. You are the creator of this universe, and you can recreate my heart. God gave the Sabbath to Adam and Eve at creation. God gave the Sabbath to Moses in the Ten Commandment law. He gave the Sabbath as a sign all throughout the Old Testament. He gave the Sabbath as a sign of His love as a symbol of His divine authority. And you may think, and you may say, wait a minute, Pastor Marius, you didn't mention New Testament. What about the New Testament? What about Jesus? Did Jesus come to do away with the Sabbath? Did the disciples change the Sabbath? Did they worship on another day? Let's look at the New Testament. What did Jesus teach about the Sabbath? Luke 4, verse 16. Luke 4, verse 16. So he, 
speaking of Jesus, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Luke 4.16. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the seventh day and stood up to read. My friends, Jesus worshipped every Sabbath. If Jesus wanted to leave us another sign or symbol of worship, wouldn't you expect him to leave us an example, a positive example of his life doing it? Isn't it true that a person's will or testament is sealed by their death? You cannot change somebody's will or somebody's testament after they die, right? Jesus' will and testament was sealed at his death. Throughout his life, he went, as his custom was, he went into synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And then we are told that Jesus rested on the seventh day, even in his death. We're not made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made as God's gift to us. The Sabbath is God's gift to the human race. The Sabbath is a time like no other. That's why I entitled this sermon title, A Time Like No Other. Every Sabbath, we flee from the stresses of life to His sanctuary in time. The tensions of life evaporate in His presence. The Sabbath is an eternal sign that He created us, even in death. Even in death, Jesus kept the Sabbath. One thing that we do when I go to a group of men on Tuesday morning, and we have a very intimate uh, conversation there, and we have an outside check-in, what we call, and we leave the cares of the world, uh, everything else outside, so that you can be present with them. So... The advice is right here to do the same thing with our Sabbath. As we come to enter into Sabbath, it is, I would strongly suggest that you create a ritual for your family where you say, well, if I did anything wrong to you this past week, if I saved anything, and we know that we do that, say, please forgive me. And if you think you have things and worries of your life, and I know you do, because we're all human beings, you just say, Lord, I want to leave this right here at the gate of the sunset on Friday. And I want to enter into your presence because I want to be present with you. I want to bring my life. I want to open my heart so you can commune with me and I with you. Wouldn't that be a wonderful Sabbath celebration, Sabbath connection with God? Jesus did observe, we're, we're right here in, in, in Jesus' example, and I thought about this. Jesus observed the Sabbath even in his death. And he said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love leads to obedience. Love leads us to keep His commandments. 
You know, Jesus said when he was speaking of Jerusalem and connecting the fall of Jerusalem with the time of the end events in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, 20, Jesus says, I pray that your flight, that your that you're running away may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Why? Why would Jesus say that referring to a future event? Because he knew that people, his people will still keep the Sabbath. Jesus never intended to stop the seven-day Sabbath. He never intended that. Now, there are people who may ask this question. Has time ever been lost? In other words, how do we know that the seventh day of the creation week is still the seventh day in today's week? Good question, right? How can you know which day the seventh day Sabbath is? There are three ways to find it out. And first, we always go at the Word of God. We go from the Word all the way to secular resources, right? In the Word of God, we know that God, uh, uh, that Adam kept the seventh-day Sabbath, right? Moses wrote the ten. Uh, Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament, and it's clear there was no time lost between Adam and Moses. All through the Old Testament, from Moses to Jesus, God's people, God's people kept the Sabbath, and there was no time lost there. And then the crucifixion story clearly reveals that the weekly cycle as we know it has not changed from Jesus until today. The weekend of crucifixion reveals what day of the week is the seventh day. So we begin with the day Jesus died. The account that you can look at is found in Luke 23, the last, the last few verses, to Luke 24, verse 1. And Luke writes in Luke 23, verse 54, Thus the day, that day was the preparation, the day when Jesus died, was the preparation. And the Sabbath drew near. And the women had come with him from Galilee, followed after uh, from Galilee, and they observed the tomb and, his, and how his body was laid, then they return and prepare spices and fragrant oil. This was on the preparation day. And they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. So the question is, did the closest followers of Jesus keep the Sabbath after he died? Yes, they did. The Bible says they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. They did not even believe that his death changed the commandment in any way. Here we have three days listed in succession. We have the day Jesus' death is the preparation day. Preparation for what? 
for the next day. The Bible says the Sabbath drew near. And then in Luke 24, 1 says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them, what did they do? They came to anoint his body. They came to the tomb bringing the spices which they prepared. So when you look at the events of Jesus' crucifixion, that crucifixion weekend, it is very clear. You have three days, the preparation day, the day Jesus died, and that day was, everybody knows to this day, is what? Friday. The next day, the Sabbath, the day Jesus rested according to the commandment. What day was that? Saturday, the Sabbath. And the next day, the first day of the week, what day was Jesus resurrected? We all know. Sunday, the first day of the week. My friends, the identity of the Sabbath is clear. Sabbath is the seventh day of the weekly cycle or the day we call Sunday. Over 140 languages of the world, the word for the seventh day of the week is Sabbath. In Spanish is those of you who speak Spanish, sábado, right? Feliz sábado, yes. In Russian, Ukrainian, Bulgarian is saboda. In Arabic is sabit. So even when you look at languages, it's very plain. The word in English, the word that we use for, 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 for Sabbath is Saturday. So we know which day is the seventh day from the Bible. We also know from languages. We also know from astronomy. Scientists tell us that. According to the Royal Greenwich Observatory in Greenwich, England, and United States Naval Observatory, the weekly cycle has never changed. So, Jesus kept the Sabbath. Peter, James, John, and Paul kept the Sabbath. Early church kept the seven-day Sabbath. And we have, we have stories like that. Um, in Acts 17:1-2, uh, it says, They came to Thessalonica, and where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, just like Jesus' custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths, reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So on the Sabbath day, He reasoned with them from the Scriptures. This is way past Jesus' death and resurrection. Gentiles, in Acts 13.42, says the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. So here we have Paul with Gentiles. These people, they're not Jews. And he's teaching them about Jesus. And then in Acts 13.42, just two verses down, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the Word of God. On the Sabbath day, the entire city came. Praise the Lord. What if everyone in Louisville will come to hear the Word of God on a Sabbath day? Wow. The Sabbath represents 
harmony of the human race. See, we are all united in Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate agent of unity in the world. We are one humanity in Jesus, and on the Sabbath, we celebrate this oneness. When we come to worship Him on the Sabbath, He bonds us together as one common humanity. The disciples kept the Sabbath. Acts 16.13 says, On the Sabbath day, Luke writes, He went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So in this city, he's also telling them that they met by the river in what day? On the Sabbath day. But somebody might say, Pastor Marius, how about the Lord's Day? Christians today say, we are keeping the Lord's Day. Here is where people get the phrase, the Lord's Day. It comes from Revelation 1, verse 10, where John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. So today says, uh, Christians say, oh, I keep the Lord's Day. Wait a minute. Does this verse tell you which day the Lord's Day is? Who is writing the book of Revelation? John, John was a Jew, he was a Sabbatarian, he kept the seven-day Sabbath all his life. So when John speaks, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day, he is referring to the seven-day Sabbath. And let me tell you why. Because Jesus, he was with Jesus, right? He was the first who was an eyewitness to Jesus' life. John was. So here is what he's referring to, the Lord's Day. Matthew 12, 8, he's remembering what Jesus says. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Then in Mark, the Gospel according to Mark, Mark 2, verse 21, Jesus also says, Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And then Luke, again, Luke, chapter 6, verse 5, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. So why do you think the Bible includes the same thing three times in all three Gospels? Because it's important. And if the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, then the Sabbath must be the Lord's Day. The Sabbath of the Creator God in Genesis is the Lord's Day of Revelation. Here's the same, he is the same Creator in Genesis as He is in Revelation. Just as He declared to the first people on earth, I blessed and sanctified and rested on the Sabbath, He calls us all in the last days of this earth to Observe to keep and celebrate the seven-day Sabbath because God does not change. In fact, if you want to know, because God is not changing, the Bible is telling us through prophet 
Isaiah that we will be observing and worshiping God on Sabbath day in heaven. Isaiah 66, 22 and 23 says, For as the new heavens and the earth which I will make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship me before, uh, shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. They will come from the north, they will come from the south. They will come from the east, and they will come from the west. They will come from China, and from Russia, and from Africa, and from the Americas, and from Europe, from all around the world, they will come. And they together will worship God, all humanity together as brothers and sisters, as one big family of God, will come to give Him praise, will come to give Him honor, will come to give Him honor, uh, glory, and they will worship the God of heaven and earth on the Sabbath day. We will come together to praise Jesus who died for us. I tell you, I'm looking forward to that time when we'll come together to worship God with all nations at one time in one place in a new Jerusalem in heaven. And we'll worship Him every Sabbath day. Amen.